Okay, guys, here is another episode of the Jesus Rant Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Carter with Word Without Walls Ministry, and this is episode 8, King of Kings. And really what I want to talk about today on the pod is really just kind of our uh, our authority uh, and where it comes from and what should we what we should do with it because honestly I think really kind of especially as Christians quote-unquote Christians you know followers of the word followers of Jesus disciples of Jesus whatever it is that you want to call it whatever term you like to use uh, it doesn't really bother me uh, but as spiritual beings spiritual creatures as those who are filled with the Holy Spirit as those who know who we are and know who Jesus is and are beginning to come into the understanding of of what that really means I think a lot of times I don't want to say we waste our potential but I think a lot of times we almost kind of miss out on opportunities to be who we are to the fullest I think a lot of times there are situations where we could really affect positive change we could really affect things in a positive way but we don't and a lot of times I think maybe that's because we don't think it's our place to do it we don't think it's any of our business we don't think you know what what right do I have to get involved in this and, and all these different things but I've always kind of subscribed to the idea of uh, the easiest way to um, kind of figure out what it is that you need to do is simply to see a need <clears throat> excuse me and if at all possible to meet that need and I've talked about this a lot on the pod I've talked about this a lot when I've preached I've written about this a lot in my rants and my books and things like that um, we have been called to live out of our abundance we have not been called to go beyond what we can do kind of my litmus test because I believe that love is a maximum effort I believe that love is giving everything you have and everything you are and then either letting that be enough or letting that not be enough and understanding that once you've given something all you've got that's all you can do and that's all you should ever be expected to do you can't go beyond all you can do how could you but I think a lot of times uh, especially when it comes to because uh, you know politics and religion are the are like two of the main things that people always say you shouldn't talk about or you know and I think we should talk about them I think we should have healthy discussions about those kind of things instead of sweeping them under the rug and you know pretending like they're not important because they are important but uh, I think especially when it comes to religion quote-unquote a lot of times that uh, we think we need to hide our beliefs or, or we need to hide uh, what we think and we need to hide what we feel so that we can fit in to the world so that we won't offend anybody and you know that has uh, somehow become very important in, in this day and age to not offend anybody to be very PC but to me uh, when when you get right down to it whether you're offended or not I'm going to love you and that's why I say at the end of every podcast episode and I used to say at the end of every sermon and I love you and there's nothing you can do about it because I have so much love inside that it's going to come out and I'm just going to love you whether you like it or not whether you want me to or not now having said that I'm not going to force my love on you and I'm not going to you know shove it down your throat so that you choke on it but uh, there's nothing that you can do just like there's nothing that any of us can do to stop God from loving us there's nothing you can do that's going to make me not love you and when I see a need and I can meet that need 
I think that that's important to do. And I think uh, hopefully by some of the scripture that we're going to share today, we will see that uh, not only is it our place to do it, but it's our honor to do it. Not only is it our duty to do it, but it's our pleasure to do it. So I really just want to start out uh, again talking about uh, the King of Kings and talking about Jesus, because it's all about Jesus. It's all about love. Um, and and like kind of the, the building block for this podcast episode is the idea that we are kings because Jesus is King of Kings. And Revelation chapter 5 verse 10 reads from the King James, And hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So we have been made kings and priests unto God. That's very important. We're not out here with uh, with the authority to, you know, uh, just really do whatever we want to do. And listen, you can do whatever you want to do. You know, I think I've touched on this before, and Paul wrote about it at length. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not edifying. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And there were a lot of verses that I looked at that I didn't uh, search, that I didn't write out for the for the sermon tonight, for the podcast today, that uh, it talked about being under authority. I'm a man under authority. And that's uh, a pretty pretty central theme in the Bible a lot of times where we understand that, uh, that again, you know, like I said earlier, we live out of our abundance. We have been blessed to be a blessing. We are kings under the king, the king, capital K. Okay, he, he made us kings and priests to reign on this earth. And that very last part is, uh, is super important to me, in my opinion as well, because this is not, you know, pie in the sky, someday, far away, uh, blessed hope, well, I'll get there one day. That, no, this is, this is for us for now. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus was concerned with our living on a day-to-day basis. The miracles Jesus did in his earth walk improved people's lives right where they were at, turning water into wine so the party would be better, you know, healing people's uh, afflictions and their diseases and their their hurts and their, their problems so that they could have a better quality of life. He opened blind people's eyes so that they could see here and now. So we need to stop looking forward to what we hope might happen, and we need to start understanding what has happened so that we can experience it and enjoy it right now. We are kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Okay? God created us, when when God created us in the very beginning, when he created Adam and Eve, and he said that they would have dominion over the earth, that they would basically be in charge of it. And again, I think we allow a lot of things to happen that we shouldn't, let happen because we think it's not our place or we think, oh, I don't want to get involved in that or somebody else will do it or all, all these different excuses that we make when really that's what we were created for. That's what we were made for. That's what we were built for. And hopefully, again, as, as we're going to see today, uh, we do have that authority. And uh, and then, you know, as, as we get to the end of it, hopefully we'll be able to kind of understand what to do with that authority. But I really wanted to dive deep into this, so I looked up the word kingdom on dictionary.com, and they had a bunch of different definitions. Like I think there was like six or seven definitions on there, and I pulled three of them out. And the first one says, a state or government having a king or queen as its head. 
So to me, the kingdom is where the king has dominion. And that's really what this, the next two that I pulled out really kind of say. It, it's the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ. That's what dictionary.com said for kingdom. The spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ. And then the, the third one says, the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends, whether on heaven or on earth. And, uh, and again, you know, it's, it's just us understanding that it's not pie in the sky. It's not, heaven is not some planet three miles south of Mars. Heaven is you and me. We are in heaven because heaven is in us and we are heaven because heaven is in us. Heaven is not just where you go when you die. Heaven is where you went when Jesus died over 2,000 years ago on an old rugged cross. And if we're talking about the kingdom being where the king has dominion, again, that that's you. Jesus has dominion in you. Okay? He rules and reigns in you and through you and as you. He is the king, and then as he operates through us, that's why he's the king of kings. And really, to me, one of the best uh, pictures of this that, that I could come up with, that I could find, is uh, is talking about the light of the world. And I really like this a lot. And uh, I'm going to kind of do it backwards from, from the way that it made sense to me, because it took me a long time to kind of figure this out, and I, and I felt a little foolish after I figured it out. I was like, man, why did that take me so long to figure out? That that makes perfect sense. So I'm going to do it backwards from the way I did it, and hopefully that'll help help it to make more sense. But uh, in John chapter 8, verse 12, uh, it says, Then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus is the light of the world. That's how he identified himself. He said, I am the light of the world, right? And then we see in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So not only did Jesus identify himself as the light of the world, he identified us as the light of the world because it's the same light, the light of life, the light of love. Uh, and, and again, you know, uh, what, what he said in John, he said, uh, he that followeth me, he who, uh, who is who, under my authority, if I could say it that way, he who, who I rule and reign in and through and as, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Light and life are almost always connected in, this, in the scriptures. Uh, and, and I believe that that's because they don't just go hand in hand, but, but in reality, they're the same thing. God is light. God is li life. Excuse me. God is love. So what we're talking about, again, we're talking about Jesus. It's all Jesus. God in the flesh, love in a body. God in our flesh, love in our body. His light is our light. It's the same light. He's the light of the world, and we're the light of the world because he shines his light on us and in us and through us and as us. He lives in us, and that's how we live in him. And this is the verse in uh, in James chapter 1, verse 17. This is the one that, that I had been stuck on for a while, and I didn't really get it until I did, you know, until uh, the light switched on, if I can say it that way. Uh, it says, Every good gift 
and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither turning of shadow. And I was, you know, that phrase always, you know, it, it stuck with me and it kind of uh, niggled at me. And, it, you know, it, I knew there was something there. But like I said, it took me way longer than it probably should have for me to figure out that, uh, like, what? Father of lights? Why is he the father of lights? What are we talking about? Which, you know, obviously, of course, uh, hello, he's the father of lights because we are the lights, right? He's the king of kings because we are the kings. So uh, to me, that was an important, uh, an important truth, an important picture to, uh, to see eventually after I, I finally came to see it. Um, he's the father of lights and every good and perfect gift comes from him. And, and I know that when we see verses like that, every good and perfect gift, I think we almost automatically think about, you know, material things. We think about money. We think about uh, that kind of blessing. We've, we've really connected blessing with material wealth. And I'm not saying that it can't be that because it can be that. And, and you know, oftentimes it is that. Uh, I think we looked at it in the, in the previous weeks about how, you know, uh, God made... Abraham rich, and, and he made his his family a great name. Uh, he blessed them so that they could be a blessing. He he didn't have a problem with with his people having stuff. The problem was when when the stuff had the people. The problem was like like the rich young ruler who when when you know Jesus said, well what what what's the Bible say you should do? And he he strings off a long line of things that. He's supposed to do and he says I've done all these things and Jesus said oh that's great okay good sell everything you have and give it to the poor and the rich young ruler didn't like that at all because he was rich he didn't want to give his stuff away he, he had stuff but also his stuff had him and that was the problem it was a heart issue it's never uh, you know it's never a natural issue it's always a heart issue um, what you have is more, more than anything else it's a tool and, and how you use that tool is, is you know, where, where your heart is. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. If you want to use things, you know, for, for good, for God, that comes from inside. But if you're selfish or self-centered or uh, worried about losing what you have, then you really don't understand that you're connected to the unlimited source. You're connected to the creator of everything. You're connected to, you know, again, the the Father of Lights, who, from whom every good gift and every perfect gift comes from. It, it comes down from above. It comes, it, it, it flows, you know, again, when we looked at the divine order, uh, on, it comes on earth as it is in heaven, so it comes from heaven to earth. When we're talking about exercising our authority. We're not talking about binding and loosing things on earth so that they will be bound and loosed in heaven. We're talking about knowing and understanding what is already bound and loosed in heaven and then being able to bind and loose those same things on earth so that earth will line up with heaven instead of trying to get heaven to line up with earth. And that's what it even says, you know, when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's so important to understand. And, you know, again, if we go back to the beginning and we see that heaven is the mind and earth is the body, what you believe is what controls what you do. The heaven controls the 
earth. What you do flows from what you believe. If you have your believing right, then you'll have your behavior right. But if you try to modify your behavior and, and your believing is not right, your heart is not right, you're not letting the mind of Christ that's already in you be in you. You're not using the gifts that you've been given from God, all the good and perfect gifts that came down from the Father of Lights to us, the light of the world. If you're not shining that light, then then really, you know, you're, you're squandering that gift. You're wasting that gift. And that's what's so tragic to me. And that's why I wanted to preach this podcast episode so much is because I, it, it, uh, I do not like seeing situations pass where, you know, if you would have stepped in and been who you are, man, that situation could have turned out differently. If you would have let the love inside of you come out of you, then that whole thing may have gone very, very differently. And it may have gone very, very much better. And and, and I think the world needs more of that. And, you know, it's, it's just as simply as, you know, you've probably heard this phrase. I've heard it many times in my life. If you can make someone smile, do it. Because the world needs more of that. We need more goodness. We need more light. We need, listen, when Jesus said, I am the vine and ye are the branches, what do the branches on a tree do? They bear the fruit. They, they literally take the fruit and make it available to people who are hungry. And that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be making this fruit that we have been given, that Jesus produced for us and in us. We need to make that fruit available to all the people that need it which, by the way, is all the people. Everybody needs what you have. And that doesn't mean that you can connect with everybody. That doesn't mean that you that if you try to help everybody, you'll be able to. Because there are some people out there, I'm telling you this from personal experience, there are some people out there who will not pick up what you're laying down. And that's okay. You can shrug your shoulders and move on. You don't have to make a scene. You don't have to force it on them. You don't have to, uh, you know break your back trying to bend over backwards to help somebody. You don't you know, you don't you don't have to chop your hand off to give someone a hand. You don't need a saw to give someone a hand. Okay? If if you try and like I said, give it your all. Give it what you got. Do what you can do and then be okay with it. Okay? It's not, you know, uh, I believe it was Paul. I, I pretty much believe blame everything on Paul unless I specifically look it up. Uh, I believe it was Paul who wrote about, you know, some plant the seed, some water the seed, but it's God who gets the harvest. If you do your part, even if you don't see results right away, that's okay. You don't have to see results right away. When you plant a seed in the ground and you're waiting for, for a tree to grow, you don't plant a seed and then immediately dig it up and be like, how come you're not growing to, into a tree? Where's, all, where's the progress? You know, things take time. Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. So, so you plant the seed, you water the seed, and, and then you let the seed grow. You don't need to see immediate results. You don't need to always be, uh, we have this, this snapshot mentality where we think whatever is happening right now is how it's always been and will always be. You know, when you look back on a, on a snapshot or, or a picture, you see uh, a moment in time, but it, it, it seems like that's the the whole story that's the front and the back that's that's the be all end all of it and it's not it's just a moment in time and you know like like we always used to say in my old church it came to pass not to stay we always have this you know this microwave mentality where we want it and we want it now we want it hot and we want it ready and we want it now and good things take time building takes time i always say if you want something different do something different unless you're building something. In which case, keep the faith. 
Keep going. Keep building. Let it grow. So hopefully uh, that will help us see the whole idea of, uh, of this kind of, uh, I guess you would kind of say shared authority, right? He's the father of lights, and Jesus identified himself and us as the light of the world. It's the same light, the father of lights. So it's the same authority, the king of kings. And uh, I really like this part where in John chapter 5, verses 26 and 27, and, and again, this is Jesus talking, this is the red letters. Um, Jesus says, For as the Father hath life in himself, remember light and life and love, they're all the same thing, we're different pictures of the same thing. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. The Father has life in himself, and that's why the Son has that same life in him. The Father has the authority as the King, and has given that authority, the authority to execute judgment, and we're going to get there in a minute, the authority to execute judgment also. So, uh, well, we'll just do that first, and then we'll circle back to the other part. When we're talking about authority, when we're talking about... it. It's kind of like, it's almost delegated authority, but really it's more, to me, it's shared authority because it's it's the same life that the Father has that he's given to the Son. It's the same authority to execute judgment that he's given to, to his, again, to the Son, which means to us. Because when Jesus was lifted up from the cross and he drew all men into himself, from that point on, what is true of Jesus is true of us. As he is, so are we in this world. Anything the Father has done for the Son or has given to the Son, He has done for us or given to us. When Jesus died, we died. When Jesus rose again, we rose again. And not, not just to life, but to newness of life, to Jesus' life, to that abundant, everlasting, eternal, resurrection life of God. So, He, uh, he gave them uh, he, the same authority that the Father has, the Son has. But what is that authority? Well, in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, Jesus, talking about Jesus, then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And there's a lot more to that, and it goes a lot more into it in other places, but the point I really want to try to make and the point I really want to try to hammer home is the idea of the king, capital K, giving the kings, lowercase k, us, the power and authority to do these things. And you know, Jesus said in another place when he was talking about uh, when when he ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit descended and uh, took up abode and took up dwelling and, and began to live in us, he said, you know, all these works that I've done, you will do and greater works than these. So in a very real sense, he showed us an example. And, and you know, he, he said here in Luke chapter 9, uh, he gave a couple of examples, power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. But really, uh, to me, uh, it was more like he handed us the ball and empowered us and equipped us to run with it. 
to to take what he had, had done and, and, and not try to just follow in his footsteps, not try to just do those exact same things that he did, but to take his name, his nature, his his, his spirit, his calling, uh, to take his heart and, and to feel it beating in our chests so that the love that's inside him, the love that he put inside us, can then come out of us in whatever way it needs to in in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Because I've never been in a situation where I needed to turn water into wine. But I have been in a situation where I needed, you know, to listen to somebody, to give them an ear, to, to give them a shoulder to cry on, to 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 let them know that I, I'm here for you. I got your back. And to me, that's, you know, every bit as powerful, just in a different way, in a different situation, in a different person. Everybody, you know, gives love differently and everybody receives love differently that you know sometimes I talk about uh, the love languages and sometimes that can be a little bit tricky to navigate sometimes that can you know uh, you have to to get to know somebody you have to connect with them and build that relationship before you can really understand what they need and how to give them what they need because remember love is giving so this authority that we've been given to me more than anything else uh, it's the authority to speak not only for but as the king and uh, and there's two verses that I want to read as far as that goes and the first one is Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 and it reads where the word of a king is there is power and who may say unto him what doest thou your words are so important I know the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But I want to tell you that words can hurt. Words do hurt people. Your words are so important and so powerful and so meaningful. And uh, and when I was studying this this episode out, there's so many verses in the Bible, and especially like in the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs, where it talks about you know uh, being careful with your words and, and talking about how it's better to be quiet than it is, you know, uh, basically, it says uh, it's better to be quiet and let people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and prove them right. So a lot of times, not saying anything is better than saying the wrong thing. A lot of times, you should just kind of bite your tongue rather than just flap your gums, which uh, which is what it says in Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it, shall eat the fruit thereof. We have to be careful with what we say and what we do. We have to think through our actions before we, you know, put them into action. And Jesus talked about that in another place too. He talked about counting the cost. You know, he talked about how uh, you don't go to war that you don't go to a war that you don't think you can win. You don't start building a house and then find out that you've run out of materials. You want to be purposeful in the things that you do. And you want to be productive in the things that you do. You want to make sure that what you're doing is, you know, the right thing to do. You want to be able to have an idea of where you're going and why you're doing it. That's something that I've tried to teach my son literally his whole life. Don't do things just to do them. Make sure you have a reason for doing what you're doing. And make sure you have a good reason for doing what you're doing. And even if you do have a good reason for it, you may still make mistakes. That's okay. You can't learn from your mistakes unless you make mistakes. Learning from your mistakes is a huge part of learning and growing. Growing in grace. 
giving yourself and other people room to make mistakes, giving yourself and other people room to grow. I think a lot of times in this life, you have to do something wrong before you can do it right. Because that's how you learn to do it right. Learn by doing, on-the-job training. So I'm not saying you should never say anything. I'm not saying you should never do anything. I'm saying you should do and say things purposefully. I'm saying that you should understand the power that comes from your words and actions, and you should make sure that you're using that power appropriately. And that's what, uh, in, in large part, I think that that's what Jesus was saying in John 7, verse 24, when he said, Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. I don't think Jesus was necessarily telling us not to judge. I think he was telling us how to judge. I think he was making a distinction between the way that we usually judge things, which gets us into trouble a lot of times. We make snap judgments and, and we don't know the whole story. And, you know, a lot of times we just barrel into things and, and, and kind of blindly and, and blunder around and, and make things worse. I think that happens a lot of times because we don't know the whole story. We don't understand the situation. We're judging by appearance and we're not judging righteous judgment. And, and what we saw... Uh, in a couple of chapters earlier in John chapter 5 when uh, when Jesus was talking about the Father having life in himself and giving that life to the Son and, and then he said and hath given him authority to execute judgment the way that you judge righteous judgment is you understand the judgment that the Father passed down to the Son and then you execute it and that's what my last verse for today uh, it re it's in Psalm, Psalms verse one, Psalms chapter one forty nine verse nine, and and it reads to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. So we so again we're not judging things by appearance. We're we're not just coming and swinging. We're not just you know oh this looks bad so I I got to fix this. We're executing judgment and not just executing judgment but executing the judgment that was written. And a lot of people seem to think that the father's judgment to the son was a death sentence, and that drives me crazy. A lot of like the religious views talk about how, well, God was mad at humanity, and, and God had to kill somebody. So what he did was he took his son, and instead of killing humanity, he killed his son, and that, and that way he was able to not kill humanity. But if you think about it, God and Jesus, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's all the same, right? So what they're saying is God killed himself because he was mad and he wanted to kill you, but he didn't really want to kill you, but he had to kill somebody. And I, I, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't buy it. That, that doesn't fly with me. And, and you know, Jesus even said, uh, no man can kill me. I lay my life down. He made a sacrifice. He died for us and as us because we needed a second death to come into newness of life. It had nothing to do with God being mad at us. It had nothing to do with God punishing us. God is not in the punishing business. As a good, uh, perfect, heavenly father, he chastens and corrects us as he should. He teaches, he teaches us as he should, but he's not in the punishing business. Even in the old covenant where people think he was so angry and so mean and he was just, you know, sitting up on his cloud with his, his lightning bolt just waiting for us to step out of line so he could get us. Even then, 
in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, God set up a whole intricate uh, system of animal sacrifice so that the people would not get punished for their sins. He set up a scapegoat, which took the sin out, which literally took the sin out of the camp so that nobody would have to worry about it. But we're always on a sin hunt, and that drives me crazy. We should not be on a sin hunt. We should be on a righteousness hunt. We should not be telling people what's wrong with them. We should be telling people what's right with them. Because if you already feel bad about what you've done and somebody's piling on and telling you what's wrong with you and kicking you while you're down, that's not helpful. But if you've made a huge mistake and somebody comes to you and they, they start telling you what's right with you and then you start to hear what's right with you and you start to believe what's right with you, then you can course correct. Then you can make a U-turn. Then you don't have to keep plowing on. Then you don't have to keep digging a hole that you're already in. If somebody reaches down and helps you out of that hole and brushes you off and says, no, you're okay. You made a mistake. It happens. Let's fix it and let's move on. That to me is restoration. That to me is what we ought to be doing to people, especially coming from this place of our authority as kings and priests. Okay, because a king kind of, you know, rules and reigns, but a priest heals. A priest uh, helps people. And again, when, he, when, when Jesus talked about the authority over, over all devils and curing diseases, there's such a big idea there about helping people. There's such a big idea there about, you know, improving people's life in the here and the now. So uh, we're not judging, we're executing the judgment that was written. God did, God's judgment for his son was not a death sentence. In fact, it was a life sentence. God raised Jesus. Jesus sacrificed himself, and then God raised Jesus from the dead. God's judgment was, uh, I don't want you to be dead. I want you to be alive. I want you to be with me. And that's his judgment for all of humanity, because again, what's true about Jesus is true about us. When God looks at Jesus, he sees us. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus. So God's judgment quote-unquote, against humanity is not a death sentence. It's a life sentence. An abundant, eternal, everlasting, resurrection, life sentence of love. So, in order for us, as the kings, who, who are under authority of the king, uh, as us, who is the light, you know, uh, filled up by the father of lights, that's what our authority is about. It's not about overruling people. It's not about setting, you know, uh, laws or, or, or setting out hoops for people to jump through. It's about ruling over people in the sense of, of protecting people, in the sense of helping people, in the sense of, you know, I always bring back Jesus talking about, oh, how I wish I could just wrap you up under my wings, like, like basically like a mama chicken, and just protect you and keep you safe. But you won't let me do that, is what he said to the people. Because the, the, the people wanted to go their own way. The, the people didn't want to be under authority, or, or at least not under that authority. Which, if you don't want to be under the authority of love, I got to tell you, there's no, there's, there's no greater authority to be under. There's, there's no greater... Uh, there's no greater place to be. There's no safer place to be. There, that, that's Love is the best thing going, and you can only find it at the source. So instead of looking for love in all the wrong places, instead of running around like a chicken with its head cut off, instead of 
trying to use your authority to make things the way that you think they should be and, and you know trying to trying to make yourself feel big by making other people feel small or or to try to get ahead by making sure other people are are behind you instead of doing that what we need to do is we need to use our words or the word the word of god which is jesus which is love we need to speak life death and life is in the power of the tongue and where the word of a king is there is power so when we speak life when we speak love when we let what's really inside of us which is that love of god come out that's how we execute the judgment that was written and again that's not our obligation that may be our duty but according to psalms 149:9 that's our honor and then it says praise ye the lord which i was like because uh the only the only time you can truly praise somebody is is if they're praiseworthy. The only time you can truly praise someone is if they've done something worthy of praise. You don't praise somebody in order to get them to do something. You praise somebody because they have done something. So what God did that's praiseworthy is he gave us that authority. He wrote down that righteous judgment. He gave us not only life, but his life so that we could share that life. Because, guys, to live is to love, and to love is to live. Again, they're not just connected. They're the same thing. Life, light, and love are all the same thing because those three things describe God. And, and you know, it, I, I guess in, in a sense you could kind of say that that's another, another way to say the three in one. But I'm not going to get into that right now. It went a little longer than I wanted to anyway. And uh, I still want to be able to say... Uh, my best friend, uh, CJ, he, he's a faithful listener to the pod. He, he got in on the ground floor before I even started doing it. I was throwing some ideas out to him and he was giving me, you know, some suggestions and things. Uh, he, he told me the other day that he was sick of hearing me whine about how I don't like to promote myself. So his idea was because he, 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 you know, he wasn't just giving me the business about it. He also had a solution for it. He said that I should just, uh, record a little self-promotion piece and put it at the end of each podcast episode. So that's what I did starting this week. You haven't heard me talk about it at all until now. And you won't hear me talk about it at all anymore either, which which I like because I don't like doing it. Sorry, you have to hear that spiel again. Um, so after, after I close out, uh, stick around for, I think it's like maybe a minute. It's not very long. Uh, but I'm just going to tack it on at the end and then have done with it and not think about it, not worry about it, not deal with it. So I can just continue to focus on the scriptures, continue to focus on Jesus, continue to focus on love, continue to focus on getting this word out there without walls. You guys know that's my heart. So uh, so that's a new thing that we're starting this episode and, and we will continue on with that. Um, so uh, thank you guys so much as always. Uh, that's all I have for this week, and I'm going to say it twice this week because it's at the very end of the, the promo section too, but uh, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that I've written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books, and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. 
Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, su- you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out, Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.